Welcome to Healing You, presented by Define You Radio, with host Valencia Griffin Wallace. Committed to helping you heal with stories, tips, and strategies by guests who were once hurting. In order to define you, you must first heal you. Now your host, Valencia Griffin Wallace. Hello and welcome to Healing You, where you will hear the stories, strategies, and tips to help you heal you. I am your host, Valencia Griffin-Wallace, and we are joined by my fabulous co-host, Ms. Tasha Dearborn of Positive Express and Connie Lee Bennett of Meraki Therapy. Today we are discussing the power in forgiveness with Ms. Cynthia Mazzaferro. For questions and comments, please press 1. And if this is your first time tuning in, thank you for letting us heal your Sundays. Make sure you follow and connect with the show on Blog Talk Radio for updates, show notes, and guest information. So as we start today's show, I want you guys to think about forgiveness. What do what is forgiveness to you? A lot of times we get the whole forgiveness uh and forget and we have the wrong idea, I believe, of what exactly forgiveness is. So rather you need to we're gonna help you guys clear clear that up today with our guests. Rather you have to forgive yourself or someone else. Forgiveness is a huge part of healing. So I want you to ask yourself this and be honest with you. Who do you need to forgive? And how has it helped or hindered your healing? So I'm going to tell you a little bit about our guest today, Ms. Cynthia. She is a powerful transformational speaker in the field of self-development, and personal responsibility. She is also a vibrational, intuitive energy practitioner and Reiki master, and we're going to find out a little bit more about that shortly. She coaches individuals who want to make changes, heal within, achieve their goals, and awaken their passion. So with that being said, Let's welcome Miss Cynthia to the show. Miss Cynthia, are you there? I am, and thank you for having me on your show. I'm so excited about being here tonight. Awesome. Well, we are glad to have you on Healing You. As we recognize here, and, and most people should re- recognize, um, how huge forgiveness is. And and I'm so glad we're having this show today and why don't you tell the audience a little bit about you? I know I briefly just kind of touched on, you know, what you do. But why don't you tell the audience just a little bit more about you? Sure. Thank you for asking. I was a physical therapist for most of my life, and then I also owned an ergonomic business, which is a fancy word that just means I went into industry companies, and I actually did injury prevention. So I'd look at a particular work site area, and I would redevelop it, redesign it, and I would educate the employees on injury prevention. Um, But 
before that, before I was teaching as a therapist and teaching in the industries, I've really been a teacher all my life. And part of why that had to happen and why I learned to do this was because of something that happened to me in my very young age. And all of us have been impacted in our young age some way. We could have the most wonderful parents and perfect situation, but as a child, we're still going to perceive something that's not right, something that we believe that's not correct in ourselves, or we're lacking or we're angry with someone else's behavior or situation. And so very often when we're young, because our brain is immature, we take on a false belief, an anger, an emotional imprint that we carry for most of our lives. And this emotional debris, which is what I call it, um, kind of like residual ash from a fire, so you have a residual emotional energy that is residing within your body somewhere. It's often uh, associated with um, things that we're not happy with, with things that people did something to us or made us feel a certain way. And so we actually can have many um, negative feelings from our young age. Anger, frustration, um, being silenced, feeling powerless. Um, The list goes on and on. And with that, we have emotions. And often those emotions um, become the fuel that causes us to be so unhappy in our life. And what happens is this repetitive patterning of what we think, of how we behave, and how we interact with the world creates a patterning of um, anger, resentment, frustrations, limitations. And often what happens is that we're not able to forgive others and we're not able to forgive ourselves for not participating or participating in the undesirable way. So there's a lot of um, perceptions as we continue to age that continue to fuel these young imprints that we take on at a very young age. Wow. It's funny that you um, said that, you know, basically it kind of starts in childhood, especially with, you know, one of our co-hosts specifically dealing with, Mm -hmm. with teens. And that's one of the reasons why she was added to the show, because I know that, you know, a lot of, you know, like you call it emotional debris, and I love that terminology, really starts at a, at a, young, a young age, you know. It so does, I'm, and, I'm and I can just you... share you, sorry, I, I was going to say, I can no, just but... share with you, um, the audience, how it affected me. So my mother, my parents had five daughters, ages ranging from nine years old to nine months old. And I was the second oldest daughter. And my parents got divorced when I was seven years old. And each of us, because of our age difference, had a different connection or a relationship with, for my, with our father. And my father never remained in our lives at all. And for me, the way it impacted me was I felt abandoned. How could a man, a father who had five beautiful daughters and a wife that he should have adored, but he was a military pilot man and he ended up having an affair with someone and was leaving us. How could he just walk out, walk away from his responsibility on five beautiful daughters? 
And I was really angry with him, and I was so emotionally um, distraught and really lacked the male confirmation that a father gives a child. And so I was always looking from the outside, especially men, because I didn't have them in my household and didn't have it for my father. I always was looking for men to affirm me, to say, oh, you're so great, and oh, what a wonderful um, job you did, and just those type of things that you'd want your father to say. And he wasn't there at my dance, my wedding, didn't walk me down the aisle, and didn't have the father-daughter dance, wasn't at my graduation and my ballet recitals, and there was always an empty seat. And so part of my personal growth was that I realized that I was actually expecting people to walk out of my life because I figured, well, people can love me, but they still can walk out of my life. And I never realized I was sending out that energy, but the law of attraction say that what we send out into the universe comes back at us. And so there was a time even my husband who walked down one day with tears in his eyes before he even spoke a word, said, I love you, but I can't live with you anymore. And I was like, oh, my gosh. It's like I was being slapped in the face again, not literally, but to to think another man who loves me, and now he says he loves me, but he can't live with me. I'm like, what's wrong with me? What? Why is? Why am I so bad that someone doesn't want to stick around? Is it really that horrific a life? And um, in my book, Powerful Beyond Measure, I would go into this story much greater in detail as well as other stories that helps you look at your own past life and how it has imprinted and affected you and how you'll see the repetitive connections from your past even being brought into your present day until you wake up and you're actually able to identify them and then choose to make conscious to removing that emotional debris, which is the root cause of why it still exists in the present day, and how you can then change your behavior and your beliefs and your thoughts to change and eradicate that. So that's not um, almost like a perspiration that you emit out into the world. So it's very powerful. And I love empowering people because it's only you who can make these changes. You know, really a doctor can't make it. You have to take that personal responsibility. Wow. Now let me ask you with today's show being about forgiveness and you t- you touched on the situation with your with your father which I know a lot of the audience including me can relate to in some way shape or form did you did you forgive him and how it's a great question because I never really had forgiven him and so every time I would speak about that and the pain it caused me, I would always tear up, always, until one day I went to a um, a spiritual event where my stepfather, my mother, remarried many years later, and he actually had died. I'm, there's a reason I'm going to tell you this story because it's very powerful. He died, and he had advanced stages of Alzheimer's, and he was deaf, and he couldn't see he immaculate degeneration. So here's a man who was a stepfather, which was really when I was a grown woman, so he wasn't really my stepfather. It was just a, you know, a second husband. But he couldn't see, he couldn't think, and he couldn't hear, right? And right. he died in December. And in that next 
September, I was taking my mother to an event where James Van Prague, who, if you don't know who he is, speaks with spirits from those that have already crossed over. And that night, out of 2,200 people in the amphitheater, Bill, his name was Bill, my stepfather, came through in spirit, and the first thing he said, he finally got my attention and told me who it was, he was talking to me, so I stood up, they brought a mic over to me, and he, the very first things out of Bill's mouth was, you are perfect just the way you are, don't change for anyone. And why those words are so powerful for me is because I was having trouble with my husband. We were having difficulties, as I mentioned, and I was trying to change, try to be the wife he wanted me to be, try to be um, so he would stay so I could compromise it. And I was becoming so unhappy with myself. And during this very powerful exchange from Bill the Spirit, who said, you're perfect just the way you are, don't change for anyone, in this same exchange, he told me I needed to send a card to my biological father and forgive him for what he had done. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. So he wants me to forgive this man for what he did and not being part of my life. Now, I could have said no, but he also asked me to do something for my mother um, and it was all so pertinent, very relevant, and it's in my, my book as well. But I did. I actually went home. A couple of days later, I practiced what I was going to write in the card, and I wasn't going to blame him. I wasn't going to attack him. I just wanted him to realize that I really forgave him for not being there in my life and that I had hoped he really had a good life, but I wanted him to realize that it wasn't about him staying around. It was about me growing and expanding my understanding of who I was. And now I actually can look back at his leaving as a gift because if he had stayed, we would have all been squashed. He was a military man. He was kind of overpowering. He wasn't really, for my eyes, he wasn't really loving. Not that he was ever physical or anything, although sometimes I would feel threatened. But um, he wasn't a hitter or anything, but he just wasn't ever present. But it was allowing me to grow and to realize that each of us needs to learn and accept that we are truly divine spiritual beings, every single one of us. And that just like Bill, my stepfather, said in spirit, we are all perfect just the way we are, and that don't change for anyone. And after that event, years later, do you know who I really think was speaking that night through Bill even? I believe it was our Heavenly Father who tells each one of us that we are perfect exactly who we are, and that through forgiveness, which is what I did. I sent to my father that card, my biological father that card. And a few days later, I received a card back. And it was a juvenile card, almost like you would send a seven-year-old. And he said, glad to hear from you. I'm glad your life was well. If you're ever down in North Carolina, stop by. Love, Dad. And I thought, Interesting. And I try not to criticize or judge the card because he still responded back to my card. But it was not so much what he said or didn't say. What it did energetically for me was it allowed an exit place 
for my anger and hurt and emotional debris to find a way to come out of my body, to give me peace, and to allow it to no longer control me, no longer um, cause that emotional pain in my present day. And so the forgiveness, the power of forgiveness is so vital because it's not for the person who you caused you harm. It's really to forgive and that allows you to move on and to let go. And, you know, there's some horrific actions that people can do. Of course, there's rape and murder and all these terrible things, right? Hit and runs, intentional or not, they're terrible. They're horrific. And when you forgive someone, you are not saying in any way that you condone their behavior. That's not what forgiveness is about. Forgiveness is about saying, I don't like what you did. Um, Maybe there was a part of myself in that action. I don't like what I did. And that I choose not to continue to live in that space of anger, pain, resentment. Because when I continue to live in that space, then only more pain will be present in your life. So forgiveness is really um, an act that you give for yourself that allows you to move on past the hurt. Wow. You, you, powerful story, um, both of them. And, and I understand and, and I, I hear, you know, hear everything you're saying and I'm absorbing it. But when I, when I look at, for forgiveness, when I look at forgiveness, it is easier said than done. Because I, I myself have told people that and, and told a lie to myself and, and said, you know, I forgive this person. <laughs> but, um, and, I, and, and I think um, me, Connie, and, and Tasha have touched on this, how how physically my body says different when I'm around that person. So does, I mean, in your eyes, does that mean I truly forgive them if I'm having some, you know, if somebody's having some sort of mental or physical reaction that's not good to that person they quote unquote forgave? But you haven't really. And that's exactly right. And you're very astute. And that's your intuition saying that you're not forgiven. You haven't forgiven. You have a desire, which is the first, which is the first step. So I applaud anyone that says I can forgive or I have forgiven. You have to be willing to allow that forgiveness to happen. And the question to ask yourself is what value, what is my reward if I continue to feel and bristle when I'm near this person, what does that do to myself? What does it do to our exchange going forward? What's the benefit of still having that energy that you hold against them? Hmm. Oh, you want me to answer that question? <laughs> yes, yes. Cause, because the answer is really going to set you free. Because, for example, it, it, I'll just tell you, like in my case, when I didn't really, I thought I had said, oh, I don't need my father. You know, he's been out of my life all my life, and my mother's been the Mr. Mom and the Mr. The Mr. Dad, and she played both roles, and she was very spiritual and faithful, and she raised five daughters, and oh, my gosh, tremendous strength, right, and power. 
And she was not a really strong woman to begin with, but she turned into a powerful, strong woman. And so did I. And so, you know, when we choose to continue to allow the illusion or the mental memory of the action or inaction or the pain that you're experiencing, when you allow that to persist, when you allow that to continue on, you're actually putting fire, you're putting fuel into that fire. To, to mm. think of a bonfire, you're adding fuel to it. And so what happens is our memory expands, it exaggerates even the situation. So we can't remember perfectly who said what and to what degree and what decibel it was yelled at and how, you know, and, you know, we, don't, we were not in that person's shoes before the action happened. Maybe that person heard horrific news, they had cancer, or maybe they were in a car accident and when they came in and had the exchange with you that you were in a different sense of um, calmness and you overreacted and that fueled the whole disagreement. We do not live in a perfect world and we are not perfect beings. And that when you can look at people with compassion and kindness and understanding that we are um, not perfect. And to be able to be more transparent and authentic with how we feel and what we say and to allow people to know I'm disappointed in what you did. It really hurt me. And to say that and to say, you know, maybe I did something to fuel this or maybe I did something that made you angry or maybe I'm carrying an old emotional debris, an emotional pain that has been smoldering inside me and the same similar situations occurring and I just escalated it to number 10 from a number two because there was a past memory and your brain takes over and says, remember when that happened? Cindy, you better, you better escalate it right to the number 10 level and don't even give them a chance to act differently because you, you assume that they're going to respond in a negative way. Wow. I, I'm going to take that advice because um, it's like you, you touched a lot of my, a lot of things that I see in my own life, and I'm sure, you know, Tasha and Connie and the audience can relate to that aspect, dealing with different people. Um, but one thing I know people have a problem with is that it's hard to forgive someone or I'm, I'm going to phrase it like this, but I guess, you know, the hardness or, or softness of forgiveness is up to you, I guess. I don't know. But how do you forgive someone when they don't see their part in, in, in your pain? Like if they don't You're, see their role or right. what they did. The role of forgiveness is not your job to get them to see their fault or for you to even see your own fault. Um, would you like to give me an example and I can help work you through it? Because that's how we best learn. <laughs> I anyone guess, okay, so. Tasha or Connie or Valencia? Or if anyone Tasha. listening has an example and wants to call in, that's fine too. <laughs> Tasha, would you like to give an example? Or, or Connie, either one of you guys would like to give an example Oh, wow. 
<laughs> that's um that's a that's a really interesting one and I, I don't really have an example but if I may Valencia just quickly jump in here with um a part B question and then we can <laughs> give you guys some time to think of an example but I was really um, resonating with what you were saying Cindy about this this idea of awareness and I think the reason why I'm struggling to to think of an example <laughs> of a, a, a you know to give you now is that I think awareness is a really important key when it comes to to forgiveness and it's being aware of what role we play and the courage, like you were saying, to admit, okay, well, this is how I feel about this. Because often what we do is we, one, don't know what's going on because we don't know what that emotional memory is, like you were referring to, but we also don't know why we upset. So yes, this person has, has hurt me. So let's say, for example, okay, I'll give you an example, my father, was an alcoholic and I was really really hard on him and I you know he's passed on now and I've done some some beautiful healing work around that but there's still part of me that hasn't forgiven him for for being that because he wasn't the father that I expected him to but Uh you know it's 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 okay well what was what was my role and you know that awareness of okay well what do I need to admit to myself? Like you were saying, writing that letter and saying, you know, I can't let go of the hurt because I'm not really aware of why it is that you hurt me. And And that's quite powerful. And see, what's really powerful, and this is a great example. Thank you for sharing that. And I'm so sorry about your father's passing. That's right. (laughs) But what I wanted to share was if you, and this is um, Connie or speaking? Yeah, or Connie speaking. Or Connie. Um, Connie. So, Connie, yeah. what you said, and I'm very careful when I listen to my clients that I work for, because you actually articulate, I'm going to requote it, that he wasn't who I wanted and needed. And so that's your emotional pain. It wasn't that he was an alcoholic, that as the father that you wanted, you had a father. But he wasn't the father that you wanted. I didn't have a father, but he still wasn't the father figure in absentee that I didn't even get. But the point, let's stick with yours. So that he wasn't who I wanted him to be. So that's the young child viewpoint. And that you might, and I don't want to speak for you, you can share if you want, that that's an imprint, an emotional imprint that could possibly carry on into your, you know, adult years. So it could be a child who didn't grow up to be the one you wanted him to be or a, a spouse um, that he just never seems to fulfill the needs that you want him to be because that's still the imprint that your mind and part of your soul growing as a spirit, you came into earth to grow and learn and the way we're impacted as a child often are associated with our soul lessons, how we're supposed to grow and learn as a soul. So can I ask you, in any type of relationships, friends, um, siblings, partners, have you ever had that feeling where sometimes they don't meet your expectation 
of what you feel they should be and the need they need to provide to you. (laughs) All the time. Isn't this our journey, like you say? (laughs) People are always not fulfilling our expectations. It's all outside in versus inside out. (laughs) Exactly. And we all have our own. Yes. So, so see, now, if we can just stay with this to try to show your listeners what we do now, once you're able to identify and articulate your emotional um, connectivity from your past, the repetitiveness that we see in our life that you keep reliving, you now have, it's kind of a two or three prong component. You have to release the initial root cause. What is the root of it? And you already talked about it being your father. So I would work with you on that energetically and show you ways to um, release that energy that you hold. And really, it's not even anger. It's more of disappointment. It's profound sadness. I wanted a father that would hug me and honor me and, and be so ever present with me in a very gentle, compassionate way. And instead, he was either angry or loud or boisterous or sullen and quiet and just a drunk stupor. Either way, whatever it was, he wasn't the way you had needed and felt nurtured. And so what happens is you are always evaluating and judging people and as well as yourself. What is it that I want them to be and do so that I feel honored and valued and trusted and loved. And the same thing goes for yourself, that you then are constantly questioning yourself. Well, if I do this, if I did this for dad, he would have seen me more. He would have loved me more. So we're always questioning ourselves, and it becomes so tumultuous inside of ourselves that we create this uh, whirlwind um, um, of dysfunction because we're always coming from a place of unrest. And when you actually address these and it's actually fun to do see when you when you look at it the way I look at it not through psychology eyes I look at it this is part of your wonderful soulful um, expression and uh, living on this earth to learn and grow from and so when you start to have feelings of uh, my boss um, just never asks me for my opinion, for example. You know, they just don't value me. They don't, and, you know, and I just don't think they're very considerate. They don't give me any time. And you start having this internal conversation with yourself. <laughs> and then you start to be judging and there's all this pent-up emotional um, frustrations, whatever word you want to use, anger, or disappointment, it doesn't really matter. In the present day, it's still not really from the present. It's all coming still from the past. And when you can heal that past energy, then everything in the present day changes. It really does. Wow. Great question, Connie, and great points, Cynthia. Um, And I was taking notes as I'm listening to you guys. And one of the things that because you talked about, you know, her expectations of, you know, Connie's expectations of her of her dad, what, what a dad should be. And my expectations, when we look at the expectations of other people and then, you know, they don't rise up to our quote-unquote expectation, do you think that that relates back to, 
something that happened, you know, in childhood when we talk about the emotional debris. Because I, I have, and I'm sure we all can relate, you know, as as people that's running, whether it's a household or a business, we have certain expectations of people, and when they don't rise to meet our expectations, it's, you know, anger, disappointment, I don't want to deal with you, Um I know that's how my reaction. <laughs> Does that? Do you think that relates back to some emotional debris from my early years or our early years? Right now, for that example, what's coming up to me intuitively, and you may tell me if I'm right or wrong, um, is that you um, find yourself often in power struggles. That you want to be seen. You want people to recognize you as a strong, articulate, educated woman and that you want people to, is this right? Uh, go on. <laughs> I, I was, I and was that, but you know, um, I definitely agree with, with that uh, part. Now I grew up military, um, for mm-hmm. for the part of the younger years of my life, my dad was in the Navy, so he was very strict, uh, very organized, very uh, do it right or do it over type person. Uh, in my younger, my young young years, and then he became an alcoholic, and then he kind of disappeared. You know, so it was kind of different phases. However, that perfectionism that I saw in him that I you know, couldn't stand as a child, I see that very much in in my life today. Right. And so what I would encourage when I work with clients is that you need to start to shift the energy. So for both of you, um, and we'll just talk with yours, Valencia, because it's most present right now and most um, um, present in our mind is that what you need to start to do is, first of all, you need to build and grow and adore yourself. You need to learn to see yourself, that you are amazingly strong, that you can be um, just as um, precise in your decision or not as precise, and that you are still the wonderful spirit that you are, whether you yourself um, connected A, B, C, D, or if you did A, B, and you went to E, and you lift out C and D, and that you're still that same wonderful person, and that by giving yourself your own forgiveness, that things do not have to be perfect. Things do not, for you to be loved and to be valued and to be seen, and that when you can start to see that in your own actions, then you can be more forthcoming and more accepting of other people. And it really is a beautiful, just, I mean, just, just take a deep breath in and just breathe out and really make it audible. If you're listening to this radio station, make it really audible, your exhalation. So you're really releasing the energy. So you're breathing in and you're breathing out. And Valencia, just say, I accept who I am, even when I'm not perfect. And you're just breathing that out. Go ahead and say it, Valencia. Oh, I'll have to do it on the replay. <laughs> okay. But I, I definitely, and then, I definitely uh, understand and uh, I appreciate that and I understand, you know, 
I understand 100% what you are are saying with that. Let me ask you, I kind of want to get into the next question. Um, Mm -hmm. Do you see where forgiveness or not forgiving as how how does that relate to healing when you think about you know when you think about those two words what's the relationship okay, great. there mhm so emotional um energy or emotions and or energy um always are within our our body and everyone has probably heard the phrase by Albert Einstein that energy is in the universe. Air even has energy. There's a vibration to it. And inside our body, everything has energy in it. And so our energy can get stuck and stagnated. And so emotions, you have a, a smile on your face and you exude happiness, that has an energetic vibration to it, right? Someone that is red in the face and angry and yelling at you, there's another energy associated with that. And so when we carry this emotional energy within us, it usually finds home somewhere. So for people that felt they were powerless, like for someone that had a very strong dominating parent, mother or father, or even a sibling that takes care of the children, if they're very strong and overpowering, you may feel powerless. Now, power is in, normally found in your middle of your body, um, the cellular plexus, we call it, the midriff area. And so if you don't address um, stepping into powerful positions so that you claim your power, and that would be something you'd be working on as a spirit, as a soul during your physical life, that if you don't, this energy continues to be stagnated and clogged, and you might end up having ulcers or diverticulitis or irritable bowel syndrome. Um, so it shows up in physical symptoms if you don't address the root cause and get rid of that stuck energy. Uh, for people who feel like I've always been told I have no voice, you know, your parents might have said, you know, parents talk, children are quiet, or be quiet, you have nothing intelligent to say. And for some reason, a child might take that on and say, I don't have anything important to say. No one cares what I say anyways. So they don't talk. They end up having serious throat problems. You know. And I actually had a, a young teenager who was in one of my uh, library talks, came in with his mother and older sister, and this is how he would talk. And I'm going to say it truthfully, hi, how are you? And I said, great, can you yeah. help? No, this is how I talk all the time. Now, he was 14, 15 years old, and this is a young boy young teen that walked around every day of his life talking just like that. And I just had him lay down on a few chairs in the front, and I just did some clearing to open up his chakra at his throat. And I said, how are you doing? He said, oh, I feel fine. The whole class stood up, and they were like, oh, my gosh, what just happened? But even though I cleared the energy, I then had him sit up, and I said, let's talk. And he said, okay, what's up? So I said, so why is it that you don't feel you have a voice? Why is it that you didn't really want to express yourself? And then he went in and told his story of how he was always told to shut up by his father. You know, you're nothing. You're no good. Don't you ever say one thing back to me. And he was just crippled as a child and had no voice. Wow. And so literally that transponded into the way he was going to be the rest of his life. And he took this four-part class that I did for my book, Powerful Beyond Measure, and um, he went through the whole part, and his whole life has changed. Now, I don't 
say that I caused that. I mean, yes, I had a huge part in that revelation and creating that shift in his energy. But the most important thing was that he took ownership, that he was not going to allow the words of his father to dictate and control his worth and his value that he was going to give on this world. And I said to him, this day is pivotal because you had no voice and you might be the next best orator in the world. You might be the next Martin Luther King that stands and speaks up for people because you have a voice and you have powerful words that need to be expressed. And so it was life-changing for that, that young boy. Well, I know, um, I don't know if it's just here in the South, because you guys know I'm in Louisiana, but we, we hear a lot um, children are to be seen and not heard. I don't know if that's a universal statement or something that you hear a lot in the, in the South. Uh, and I think that that is part of, you know, when you see kids start maybe acting out because they do feel voiceless. And it, it, that's something, you know, that's rooted at the very beginning. At this point, I want to go ahead and bring uh, Tasha in. Tasha? Tasha? I'm, I'm here. Hey, I know you have. Yeah, I know you had some some questions or something as far as like deal, or as far as like with teens and forgiveness. If you want to go ahead and ask them, yes, I wanted to know um, being a, an adult versus um, a child. Did it, did it seem like it was harder to be able to forgive? That's a really great question. I love that. And I think, you know, for young children, when I say young, I'm going to say less than eight years of age, they're very much uh, moldable. And they want, ultimately, just to be loved and that they're willing to forgive anyone. They'll forgive, you know, overly and over, waiting for someone to finally stop mistreating them and to love them and show the kindness. So young, young children typically are very... um, very forgiving. Teenagers, um, I think, struggle with um, forgiveness more because they don't have any power or control of their life typically. Of course, there's a hormonal differences they're going through as well. They're struggling with their own identity. What's my role in the world? You know, I've been told to do this all my life, whether it's from teachers or religion or society or where they live, environment puts on pressures, and of course their parents and siblings. So an order of family is also very important. So I think, I think the typical teenager, you know, that nine to seventeen, eighteen, nineteen years, often are difficult because they um, society overall we're unhappy. We always find something wrong in our life, and so for a teenager and I'll just take that middle age, they really struggle with, um, they're not happy with so much of their life, so they want to blame it on somebody. You know, they have no control over it. So, you know, I, I screwed up this test, so it's because this teacher's unreasonable, or, you know, I had too much on my plate to handle, or my mother and father made me do all these chores so I didn't have time to study. It's always somebody else's fault, and so there's angry there, anger there, and so then we're, it's hard to forgive their selves as well as others. And I think as we get older and older, we um, also still feel that 
there's an injustice. You know, we're not getting paid as much as our peers or as much as men compared to women, um, whatever. There's so many things you could say. So we're, we also feel there's an unfairness and unjustification that has harmed us in some way. But we now have more power most often. Of course, there's some adults that feel still powerless. But most adults will say they feel that they can have some control of their life and they have powerful action. And some of that action is just retaliation. They, they yell and they scream and I'm going to control my children because that's the way I can feel more powerful because I really feel so powerless. And so often our behaviors are replicated in the way we bring up our children. And that can be very unfortunate. And I think the big part here that I'd love to bring up because I think working with teens and young children I think it's really important for the parents and school teachers and religious um, folks as well to really try to connect and ask questions about how are you feeling? You know, people are so uncomfortable sharing how they feel. We tend to suppress and repress and shove down our emotions inside our body because we don't want anyone to know we're going to be crying or we're upset. And, of course, we have gender things there too. If a, a boy or a man cries, they're weak. That's not true at all. But our society, our culture, um, that typically is the thought that if they, they show any sadness or remorse or tears, that's a form of weakness. And it's really not. It's, it's true authenticity. And that we need to be more open as adults, asking each other, especially our teens, but even our adult partners and, and relationships that we have, asking each other to, how is this making you feel? Are you comfortable with this? You know, and let people be honest and really be transparent. And when you do that, there's a, um, a melding, there's a, a coming together where you feel there's a closer bond. And it's, it's really important. So I think that's a really great question. And um, I think children need to feel empowered. And, and that's what my book does, Powerful Beyond Measure. It's really a, a self-help transformational book, but it's really about empowerment, allowing you to take ownership for your life, your actions, your beliefs, your thoughts, instead of always blaming it on everyone else. And when you start to change the energy, and we really didn't get into this yet, but it's really an important part. When you start to change your expectation, your energy of what's going to come into your life, then that is what comes back to you. So for Valencia, when you talked about maybe you were having um, difficulties or controversies with different peers or um, people at work maybe, you have a very high standard, if you actually present and go into that relationship with an attitude that they're going to meet me and they're going to be interested in what I have to say and that they are going to they themselves are going to be empowered to want to rise above and accomplish this task with ease, confidence, and success. That's the way they're going to respond. But if you go into the relationship saying, I know they're not going to do a good job. Every time I give them a task, they only do 70% of it. And that's what you're going to get back. So when we can start to create the inner energy that we're going to create a positive outcome, a positive belief patterning, that's when the universe and the energy matches you and miracles and so many things start to fall into your lap without hardly any effort on your part at all when you change that shift of energy. 
So I guess that means I need to stop saying, uh, you're not going to outwork me. Because that is, that is something um, I definitely say quite frequently. So it's like yeah. not only am I giving off that energy, but I'm verbalizing that I don't expect them to work as hard as me. So I'm definitely going to look at not saying that and not feeling it. Miss um, Cynthia, I want to go to Miss Connie at this time because I know she had a couple of questions, especially dealing with the, the energy portion. Um, so, Connie, Miss Connie, if you want to go ahead. Yeah, thank you. And uh, thank you, Valencia. Hi, Cindy, again. I wanted to, you know, I'm absolutely loving what you're saying in today's show, so thank you so much. I wanted to talk about unconscious, uh, the unconscious for a moment. So I really believe that in life there are only two source beliefs, that I am good enough or I'm not good enough. And any thought that you have falls into either of those two categories. So if we look at forgiveness around an energy release, around this idea of, you not being good enough and us going back to what you were saying with regards to being aware and that unconscious energy that you're, you're continuously putting out there. My question is, you know, how, how is it that we begin to number one, be aware of what is that unconscious energy of us not being good enough that is keeping us stuck in the past and my B question, my second question is, how do we then begin to daily forgive ourselves for not being perfect, forgive ourselves for not being good enough? Because I feel that what blocks a lot of us is that we think that it's our fault. You know, if, if we were better, then this would not have happened to us. Does that make sense? Wow. It does, but there's a lot wrapped up there. Yes, <laughs> so you have a lot of wonderful comments, but that's a whole hour show and just what you just said in that one long question. Um, very perceptive. <laughs> very good question. But I guess I would start with the way you defined it is I am good enough or I am not good enough. And those are two extreme ranges, the endpoints of two extremes. So I'm, I'm good enough means that you are so satisfied, you are all that, and maybe that's the egotistical person, that's the narcissistic that thinks they're all above everyone else to the extreme of I'm good enough and, you know, nobody's going to say anything different. That's pretty extreme. And then you've got the totally opposite end, I am not good enough. Well, that's really low, you know, for you to be there. And there's some people that are, they get into that depressional type cycle, and that's where they really feel. And for them to just get out of bed, it's a huge task each and every day. And so that's a wide range. And so I think the middle third of my book goes into that self-learning to be more kind, to be more considerate and compassionate to yourself is so elemental. And to start to see the beautiful divine spirit, not the physical skin and clothes that you wear and the hair that you have and the pimple you might have on the face, but to look into someone's eyes and only be able to feel their presence, their spirit. And that is a vibration of such perfection that there is no good or not good enough. 
And that when we can start to look into people's eyes, and I actually do this in my workshops, I said, there's no talk and all you can do is look into the person's eyes. And there's strangers looking upon strangers. And then after they look after for two minutes, I say, now you have to describe what you just saw, what you just felt by the spirit. And what they say is amazingly, the other person is amazed that they actually spoke very kind, things they never knew about themselves. And sometimes they were like spot on. So it's really a powerful thing that it's our mind. And this, you brought up the unconscious energy or the unconscious mental component that our conscious mind, which is the part that the goal of your mind is like a computer. It's a memory bank. It's a data-saving entry point where everything is archived and in there. And your mind wants to protect you from harm and pain that you've experienced in the past. So by doing that, it's always reminding you, do you remember when you fell off the bike? Well, now you're going to go start to do maybe um, do square dancing. And, and, you know, what if you're going to fall and make a fool out of yourself and everyone's going to laugh laugh, or you break a foot? You know, so you're, you're, you're like, I'm not going to go to the dancing party. So you, your mind is always trying to protect you. And we need to consciously be able to re, readdress that, recorrect that. So that our unconscious mind that's, that's reminding us of this mental replay that we're not good enough um, is not true, and we need to self-correct that. And it's really, really important. Wow. Did that help great, at all, Connie? Great, great. Yeah, good. Thank you so much. That's awesome. Great question and, and great response, Miss Cynthia. We're running on like seven minutes to the close of the show. So I want to make sure the listeners know how to connect with you, find out, you know, more about what you do, how, how can you help them, how they could get the book. And if you could go ahead and share with the listeners that information. Great. Thank you for asking. I appreciate that. So my book is called Powerful Beyond Measure. Three Steps to Claim Your Power Within for a Happy and Healthy Life. And it's available at all the online stores, so Amazon, Barnes & Noble, um, Indie. And you can get it there. And it comes in Kindle or paperback. And it actually is already an Amazon number one bestseller. And the Kindle version came out in November. And in just a couple hours, it was a number one bestseller. And now the print one is coming out this April, April 4th, actually. And in honor of my book, and I hope every one of you um, would like to go out and purchase it, but if you don't, and even if you do, I also am having a summit, a free summit called Powerful Beyond Measure Summit.com. And you can go there and put your name and email address in there. And it's actually starting tomorrow. So it's perfect timing with your radio show. And you go to www.PowerfulBeyondMeasureSummit.com. And there's 28 wonderful, fabulous international speakers that speak all about awakening your power within. And there's forgiveness parts in there. There's miracles, success, um, fear of failure, all different things. And it's just amazing. And every speaker gives you free gifts. 
So I invite all of you to participate. And if anyone's interested in working with me individually to identify what that emotional pain is that you have that's still impacting you, I would love to do that. You can email me at info at, in my name, CynthiaMazzaFaro.com. So info and then the at sign. And then my name, Cynthia, C-Y-N-T-H-I-A. And my last name is M-A-Z-Z, as in zebra, A-F-E-R-R-O.com. And um, I'd love to talk to you and see if it's a good fit and we can um, work together either as coaching or just individual healing session. Anything is possible. So you are all powerful beyond measure. It's just a matter of you awakening to that knowledge. Mm. Wow. Um, guys, if you are listening online, uh, in the show notes on the blog talk radio for Define You Radio, all Miss Cynthia's information about the summit, her email address, the website address will be listed there. And if you are connected with the station on Facebook at Define You Radio, the information will be listed there also. She has a powerful beyond measure summit starting tomorrow i will make sure i list the website i want to thank you miss cynthia so much for coming on tonight's show you gave some great information and i know you know forgiveness is a huge part of healing and definitely dealing with that emotional debris i want to thank my fabulous co-host uh, Miss Connie and Tasha, their information is also found <laughs> on Define You Radio's Facebook page and the show notes. Um, it's been a great show. Thank you guys so much. I'm going to close oh, out with you. the post. And thank you, Valencia. Well, I really appreciate, I really appreciate being on your show and speaking with Tasha and um, Connie as well. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you so much for joining us on Healing You Sundays. I'm going to close out tonight's show, guys, with a quote. This week's quote says, forgiveness doesn't excuse their behavior. Forgiveness prevents their behavior from destroying your heart. It's from unknown, but I think it's a powerful quote. Well, that's this week's show. Thank you again for joining us on Healing You. You can connect with me at www.ValenciaGWallace.com and make sure you follow the show, Define You Radio, on Blog Talk Radio and also on Facebook. With that being said, guys, have a great healing week, and I'll see you on Tuesday on Define You Radio. Thank you. Thank you for listening in to Healing You. Remember, you must heal you in order to define you. Join us next week, same time, same place, as we continue the healing journey together.